How are we doing today? Good, good, good. Well, I don't think I've met all of you. I am Pastor Darren, one of the pastors here at Rock Church. I'm over the marriage and family ministry. I'd like to welcome all of you to our 9 a.m. service. And it is. There's a lot to celebrate today. Uh, today is Juneteenth. For those of you who don't know what Juneteenth is, yep, it is the completion of freedom for everyone. This is when African Americans were free. I'm um, in 1865, so I want to make sure we celebrate that um, because it is a monumentous day as well. Um, but we all know it is Father's Day. Father's Day. Any fathers in the building? Where's my fathers at? Fathers, fathers, stand up. All the dads, would you stand up? All the dads, would you stand up? Yes, yes. Stay standing, stay standing. Stay standing. I want to pray. I want to pray for all of you, all the dads. I want to pray for you if you will stay standing. I know there are some here who you may have lost your father. We want to say we're praying for you. We pray that God will continue to comfort you in a way that only he can. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for the dads. Heavenly Father, I thank you for these men. Lord, I pray that you will continue to give them wisdom. I pray for continued discernment. Lord, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would allow them to continue to be the amazing example that they have been, Lord. And if there are things that they need to correct, things that they need to fix, things that they need to apologize over, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would give them the wisdom to do that as well. Lord, thank you for creating us men and women. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. I'd like to welcome all of you. I'm sorry, also, all of you that are online. Happy Father's Day to, to all of you as well. Um, don't want don't to leave you out. Um, do you realize that if it wasn't for men, there would be no people? Y'all realize that? Do y'all realize that? No? No? It's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. But also, if it wasn't for women, there wouldn't be people either, right? So we're all, we're all together. Um, but what would, I was thinking, man, what would, what would uh, Father's Day be without a couple of corny dad jokes, right? A couple of corny dad jokes. Yes, yes. So what did, what did the baby corn say to the mama corn? Where's the popcorn? Come on, y'all. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, man. Um, here's another one. Hey, wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be great if gray hair started in Vegas? Because what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Come on. Come on. Yeah, trip. Here we go. Last one, last one, last one. Um, why did the golfer bring two pair of pants? Just in case he got a hole in one. <laughs> Yeah, 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 that's all. That's all I got. That's all I got for the dad jokes, dad jokes. Um, but I do want to, I love animals, so I want to give a shout out, and then we'll get into the message, I promise. Um, it will bless you. But I got a couple of um, animal dad shout outs, right? Animal, male animals, they usually kind of don't get real credit. But there are a couple of animals that are awesome. You show me the, the, um, the first picture, um, I believe it's the, uh, the penguin. Right, the penguin. Okay, let me tell you about this penguin. The penguin, this is, this is the daddy, right? This is the dad, and he is awesome. For four months, the mom lays the egg, the dad cradles the egg, 
right here on his, on his feet, and he has to stay there and it has to incubate it because if the egg falls, the, the egg will break, it will freeze, and the baby obviously will die. For four months, he doesn't eat, doesn't do anything. They shuffle around, and they all stay, and they warm the egg. Isn't that awesome? Right? Sacrifice. I got another one, another picture, another picture for you. Flamingos. The flamingos, the animals that you smell as soon as you get in the zoo, you're like, oh, yes, them. Um, they're awesome as well. They, they share all the responsibilities. You know, some male animals, they have the babies and they're like, peace out. But the flamingos, they share all the responsibilities as far as, you know, nesting the egg, getting the food, doing all of that, right? So flamingos are awesome. And I believe that they stay together forever. All right, here we go. These are my um, honorable mention, honorable mention dads, right? Honorable mention. If you know anything about the praying mantis, it's an honorable mention because when the male is mating with the female, during the mating situation, the female eats the male's head. <laughs> Said, I got what I needed. Um, I don't need you anymore. Terrible, terrible, honorable mention. So he wanted to be a dad, he just didn't get the opportunity. And then the last one, the last one is the black widow. You ever wonder, hey, why they call the black widow the black widow? Some of y'all still thinking about that, right? Widow, right there. Okay, so when they met, you see the, you see the female with the red on her? You see her, right? Look like she worked out. That's the male. Like he's smaller, a lot smaller. Kind of the same situation, the praying mantis, he mates, but sometime what he does is, is right after he mates, he's out of there. And it's not that he doesn't want to be a dad, he just doesn't want to be a casualty, he doesn't want to be eaten, right? Because if he doesn't get out of there, then she will eat him as well. So those are my honorable mention dads, you can take those off, thank you, thank you, thank you, okay. Um, we're in week three of our Empowered series, week three of our Empowered series as we journey through the book of Acts. Um, we know Acts is the fifth book of the Bible, right? Fifth book of the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. It is the Acts of the Apostles, right? It is the beginning of the church. What's significant about this is that, and sometimes I feel like we forget, is who the disciples were before Jesus died and who the disciples became after they were filled with the Holy Spirit, right? We know that Jesus, he died and it didn't seem, it wasn't positive, it wasn't a great thing because nothing happened. When Jesus died, there was nothing. There was no church. The disciples, they didn't even believe that he would rise. And it wasn't until Jesus came back to life, he resurrected, he was on the earth for 40 days, and he went to heaven on the 50th day, which is Pentecost, and he promised them, right? He promised them in Acts 1-8, which is our anchor verse, and it says this, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus said, this is going to be your new assignment. I'm not going to be concerned with what you did and how you were. And yeah, you, you did all these, you, know, you, you did not doubt at me, you denied me. But 
I'm giving you this new assignment is I want you to tell everyone about me. And I know you don't get it, and I know you may not have everything that you feel you need right now, but when the Holy Spirit fills you up, you will have power. You will have power. And I'm sure they still didn't quite understand it, but if I can illustrate it to you this way, and as I go through this story, because it is Father's Day, I will make references a lot of references to fathers and dads, but it applies to women leaders as well. Amen? Amen. How many of you have ever been to a Padre game? Padre game. Okay, Padre game. Um, I've been to some Padre games. I'm more of a Yankee fan. Shout out, New York Yankees. Yep, yep. But I'm more of a, a Yankee fan. But I went to a Padre game, and a friend of mine, she gave me some tickets. And she said, hey, I want to give you and your family some tickets. You're going to love it. I'm like, okay, cool. I mean, I've been a Padre game. I like, you know, I like baseball, kind of. You know, I like to watch the whole game. So I go to the game, um, and, you know, I give them my tickets. My tickets looked like everyone else's tickets, right? Looked like everyone else's tickets. I walk in, you know, I see some people, I see some friends of ours, and we were thinking about, you know what, let's just sit with them. It's like, no, 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 let's, you know, let's go to our tickets, our seats, and then we can see, you know, we can meet with them later. So the guy takes us to our, tic- to our seats. He's like, okay, here you got seats. And we're like, all right, yeah. So we're in the lazy, right, we're in the lazy boys. We're like, okay, I like this. I could watch the game like this and recline, feeling good. Watching the same game, but our seats, right, were different. And then this happened. The waiter came, or the, the guy who, who takes care of us, and he goes, um, hey, how you guys doing? You know, I'm such and such. Uh, and can I take you guys' order? And you know, stuff's expensive, right? <laughs> you know, we pass, you know, we don't, you know, we ain't balling. We're not balling. I'm like, yeah, you know, we, you know what can, you know, um, you know, I'll take a hot dog. You know, we'll cut it. We'll split it. Well, I'll take a bite. <laughs> but he's like, um, you know, yeah, I'll take something. You know, we'll take something and, you're like, you know, you know, how, you know, how much? And he's like, oh, it's free. <laughs> what do you mean it's free? He's like, oh, they didn't tell you? Well, when you sit here in these seats, um, everything is free. <laughs> Food, drinks, everything is free. And you know how um, uh, you scream? You know how, like, when you're excited about something and you scream, but you don't scream? Right? You're telling your friends, you're like, everything's free. And then I looked at my wife, I'm like. <laughs> and it was, it was the same game. Like, the game was, the game was fine. It, you know, I don't even know if I remember the game, but I remember the food. Um, it was the same game. Everything else was the same. But because we had access to these seats, the whole experience was different. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, your life is different. It may seem like, it seems like it's the same, but it's completely different. And you don't know until you know. Today, as we continue to walk through the book of Acts, today I want to talk to you about being empowered 
to lead well. Not just lead, but to lead well. A lot of you are great leaders. But there's, there's still something that's missing, something that's holding you back from taking that step and saying, yes, I can lead that way. Yes, I can do this. Yes, I can do that. And as we go through the different traits, there's, there's four, there's going to be four points today. As we go through these, they, not, they, they may not be earth shattering, but when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, they're life changing. So if you will, open your Bibles to the book of Acts. What book is it? The fifth book? The New Testament. Not the Bible, the New Testament. Open your Bibles to the book of Acts, chapter 6. Chapter 6. And here's what the Holy Spirit can do. The Holy Spirit can empower ordinary men and women like you and me to lead well like Jesus. The Holy Spirit can empower ordinary, we're just ordinary, ordinary men and women like you and me to lead well like Jesus. Like that's what he wants to do. And the reason why I said ordinary because the disciples were ordinary guys who messed up who didn't believe, who doubted, who feared, who did all these things. And then when the Holy Spirit fell upon them, they went from ordinary to extraordinary. They went from timid to bold, as we'll see. In verse, uh, chapter 6, verse number 1, it says, But the believers rapidly multiplied. There were rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in daily distribution of food. So the 12 called a meeting of believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And so brothers, and so brothers select seven men who are well-respected, who are full of the spirit and wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. They knew clearly what their assignment was. Not to say that the food program and ministering to people's physical needs wasn't important. They just knew that this is what we were called to do. So let's find others who can do the other things. So we can be locked in and focused on what we're called to do. Verse number five, it says, everyone liked this idea and they chose the following. Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas an Ant- of Antioch, an earlier convert to the Jewish faith. These seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid their hands on them. So God's message continued to spread, and the number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem, and many of the Jewish priests were converted to. Jesus, I pray as your word is preached, Lord, I pray that you will speak clearly to the hearts of the men and women in this place and online today, that they would know that they are empowered to lead well like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So 
Here's what's going on. The church is growing. The church is multiplying rapidly, right? There's drama, right? um, Some people think there wasn't drama. There's drama. All throughout history, there's always been drama. And there was drama. It was discrimination. They were discriminated against a certain group of people, right, that were, that were a different ethnicity, right, they, uh, a different um, uh, language. So they were discriminated. There was issues. The disciples knew that this is what we were called to do. We were called to preach the word. We were called to pray. And we have to stay locked in. And we have to stay focused on this because this is our task. This is our assignment. We got all these, we got all these other, other believers Let's talk to them. Let's raise up some of them. Let's identify those that are leaders. Let's pray over them and let's allow them to take care of this so that we can take care of this. Let's allow them to do what they are gifted in so that we can do what we are gifted in. Leading well is best displayed through spirit filled or spirit led the first point is wisdom 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 is one of the reasons why people will people in your life will listen to you now what is the difference right regular wisdom godly wisdom well growing up um i received wisdom from the men in my in, in my um projects and there was one in particular he taught he taught me you know um Hard work, discipline, no fear, right? He told me all these things that even though I'd achieved great things, my life was still incomplete, right? Because the wisdom from man is different than the wisdom from God. The wisdom from man is limited. The wisdom from God supersedes. So you may ask me, how do I get wisdom? How do I get wisdom? James 1.5 says, ask. Ask God for wisdom. If you don't know what to pray, you ever, anybody praying, you, never, you don't know what to pray? Anybody you ever pray? Raise your hand if you ever pray and you don't know what to pray. It's all right. It's not like, you know, you condemned. It's like, ah, oh, no. Right? Lord, give me wisdom. Not just knowledge. Give me wisdom. Give me to know when to apply it and when not to. When to apply the knowledge and when not to. When to speak boldly for you. And when to just be quiet and listen. When to pray and when not to pray. That's what wisdom does. Wisdom wisdom is is a huge blessing if you have it. And if you have it from a a godly perspective. There There are sayings in our life that people, they lie to us. That we thought was wise. Here's one. Sticks and stones. May break my bones, but words will never hurt me. How many of y'all believe that is a lie, right? Man, if anything hurts you, it's words, right? So worldly wisdom is completely different from godly wisdom. So here's what the disciples, they were wise. They were wise. They, They identified what their assignment was, and they said, we can't get caught up in doing all of these things. So here's what we're going to do. Let's find seven men who are well-respected, who are trusted, and are wise, and we will entrust them with that assignment. Wisdom, apart from God, will lead to emptiness. Wisdom, apart from God, will lead to emptiness. Number two, 
Consistency. Leading well is best displayed through spirit-filled consistency. This is why people in your life will trust you because of the consistency. And consistency can be negative. Consistency can be positive. There was a young lady when I used, I used to be a youth pastor here from 01 to 08. And there was a young lady, a teenager. And every week, you know, after service, I'll say, okay, I'll see you next week. And years and years. And then at the end of her senior year, she came up to me and she just started crying. And I was like, what's, what's going on, Kelsey? And she said, I just want to tell you thank you. And I'm like, thank you for what? And she said, for just being there. Because she said, every, every, after every service, you said, I'll see you next week. And the next week, you were there. And, I was like, and I'm like, I mean, that's my job. <laughs> but um, it, it meant something different to her because there were people in her life who said that to her that didn't follow through. There's a lot of people in our lives who said certain things that didn't follow through either. Consistency is one of those things that if you follow through, your consistency will determine what you're known for. It can be good. It can be bad. It's all up to you. It's what is your consistency? What is your, your faithfulness? What your, your integrity? What is it going to tell people about you? The disciples, when they were spirit-filled, they were consistent and faithful. They were faithful in teaching. They were faithful in praying. They knew what their assignment was. Now, remember, these guys, we forget who these guys were. These guys were the same dudes that denied Christ, the same dudes that doubted him, the same dudes that Christ said, hey, I need y'all to pray because it's about to go down. It's like, we got you, we got you, we got you, Lord, and fell asleep. These same guys who didn't believe that he would rise because they wasn't there, those same guys are the men who started this church and were on fire. Why? Because they had, they realized, right, they had access when the Holy Spirit fell on them, they were completely different. Point number three, sacrifice. Sacrifice. Why people in your life, this is why people in your life will follow you. I just saw a, um, a story, a young man who he plays football for the, for the Colts, Carrie, Car- Carrie Willis. I think Carrie Willis is his name. And he just decided that he's not going to play football anymore. He's going to pursue a life in Christ. In ministry, he gave up $2.5 million, $2.5 million. I know y'all like, hold up. I can serve the Lord better. And I can give you 2.5 million reasons how I can serve the Lord better. But that was, that sacrifice, that has to be from the Lord. Right? Because all the glory that the Lord is is going to get that. I mean, there's... There's really nothing that he's going to get, and that had to be God ordained. Sacrifice is the action behind your words. So you can say certain things, but if your words don't follow, it's not the same. That's sacrifice. The disciples, they sacrificed their life. Once they got it and the Holy Spirit fell in them, and they tapped into the access that they had, to have a completely different life, a completely different experience, everything changed. The action behind, this was the action behind their words, was their sacrifice. 
Romans 12. Romans 12. Man, where did the time go? Romans 12. 12, 1. It says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. If you want to worship him, allow your bodies to be a living and holy sacrifice. Not just anything, because it says the kind that he will find acceptable, which means that he may not accept everything. Our sacrifice, right? How do we... How is this best displayed? It's best displayed through God, excuse me, Holy Spirit, sacrifice. And the last point is humility, humility. This is why people in your life will respect you. People in your life will respect you. It's almost an in, in oxymoron, right, to be a believer and to not have humility, right? Like, if I told you a story, I said, hey, you know, some people say that I'm the most humble pastor they know. What do you think? All humility is gone. It's over. Right? I don't, I, that, that humility is not there anymore. When, when, is, this, is it humility when someone, uh, uh, entertainer or, or celebrity or, you know, something like that, and they, they accept their award and the first thing they say hey, I just want to give honor to God. Is that humility? Right? Maybe, right? That's, that's a start. Humility is saying, I'm going to take the, the light off of me, and I'm going to put it on Jesus. I'm going to take the shine off me. Matter of fact, I'm going to be a reflection of where I want the light to go. And here's why what, what makes that important and what makes it an oxymoron in our life, it kind of makes it different, is in James 4, verse 10, it says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. That's not the normal. That's not the normal, to humble yourselves and then be lifted up. It's like the, the world tells us, man, you got like, to put yourself out there. Like, you, you, you know, you, you got you to gotta go. You, gotta, you, can't, you can't let people just push you to the side. And the word of God has said, no, hum- humble yourself. Be hum- humble. There's a song, right, in that song? Okay. Um, right? That, I mean, that's, that's what, that's what it, it is valuable. It says, it says in James that humility cures worldliness. Now, here's what's tricky with that, with humility, is there can be, listen to this, there can be a prideful humility. That doesn't even make sense, right? There, there can be a prideful humility. Is that I'm, I'm humble, but I'm really, like, I'm really trying to flex. Like, I'm really trying to be seen. Like, yo, yeah, 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 praise him, praise him, it's really important to have people around you to make sure, right, they, they keep you humble. They keep you in line so that you can, you can fight against that prideful humility. <clears throat> Leading well. 
is very, very, very important. And I would say more important than ever in society today because the, the message is, and I heard it said, someone said that, um, you know, are we, like, are we role models? Are the dad, I don't know if it was dad or men, are like, well, should we be role models? And what someone said is like, no, we're, we're not role models. It said the people, oh, athletes, should athletes be role models? And one of the athletes said, no, we're not role models. Their, their parents should be role models. And I agree and I disagree with that. I agree because, yes, parents should be role models. But I disagree is because God has given us that platform. God has given athletes a platform that many, many people follow after and look after and watch everything about them. And what a great opportunity for you to be a light for Christ. A lot of you, I won't say a lot, I'm sorry. Some of you didn't see a, an example of leading well. You saw leading, but you didn't see leading well. You saw worldly wisdom. You saw it, consistency or inconsistencies. You didn't see sacrifice. You saw selfishness. You saw a prideful humility, or you just saw pride. It was similar to what I saw. <clears throat> I have a picture I want to show you of a man and his son. This picture is, that man is Martin Thomas is his name. And that kid Name is Darren Carrington. That's me. That's me and my, and my dad. I would love to show you more pictures, but that's the only picture I have of me and my dad. Because he was, to me, a bad example. And I'm not saying this to make him look bad. I'm just telling you the story. Is that that was, that was the story. But because I had a bad example, along the way I learned what not to be and how not to be when men of God came into my life and they began to show me what it was to be. And then what I did was I took my competitive nature and I said, I'm going to be the exact opposite to my three kids who are 32, 27, and 24. I haven't even got a text from them yet today. My phone. Getting cut off. That's it. That's it. Everybody else text me about my kids. And I thought I was good. Like some of you, I know in a, in, a, in a crowd this size, some of you have a similar story to that, that I have. That you didn't see a good picture. And Father's Day, 
means nothing to you. Matter of fact, Father's Day sometimes upsets you. I don't know if I can say this, but Father's Day, like, pisses you off. Because you say, man, do you know what my dad, I don't even want to think about him. And I thought I was good. I thought I was good like a lot of you. You think you're good. Like, I'm good. I don't need anything from him. He never gave me nothing. It's good. And I thought I was good. And and when uh, someone asked me about my dad, I used to refer to him as my sperm donor. I was like, oh, yeah, my sperm donor? And they were like, whoa. I'm like, what? That's what he is. And they said, that means, they said, I feel like you may not have completely forgiven him. You're still, and, and when you don't forgive someone, basically what you, you're still putting a responsibility on them to fix you, to heal you. And if, did I not ask God, did I not question, ask God questions? Well, I said, God, why me? Like, why couldn't I have my dad come to my games? Why couldn't I have my dad teach me how to ride a bike? Why couldn't I have my dad tell me corny dad jokes? Like, why couldn't I have that? But sometimes as you grow, as you mature, as you become spirit-filled, you ask a different question. Lord, I didn't have that, but what is it that you want me to learn? How can I, Romans 8, 28, this part of my life that says all things work together for the good of those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. What it doesn't say is that all things are good because that wasn't good. He lived from here to Trader Joe's. He had nine brothers and sisters. I'm close with all of his other brothers and sisters. It was just him that I wasn't close to. I had two other conversations with him. He gave me a quarter one time in my life. And then the next time I saw him, he was in a casket. That was 15 years old. And to me, it just seemed like another man died because there was nothing there. There was no relationship there. I want to talk to a couple of groups as our, our time is up, but I want, I want this to be a different experience moving forward. A lot of, I feel like some of you are still carrying that hurt, that pain, that abandonment, whatever it is, whatever dad did to you or didn't do to you. And I, I want to help you through that. Jesus wants to help you through that. Jesus is saying, give it to me. Jesus is saying, give, give, give it to me. I, I, I know it hurts. I know it's painful. I know you're abandoned. I know, but give it to me because I have so much more for you. But right now, you can't see it because that's all you see. So there are a couple of groups. There are a couple of groups that I want to I talk to. The first group I want to talk to is maybe there are dads here. There are dads here who need a fresh start where maybe you're not in your kids' lives. And you know that there are some apologies that need, to be, that need to be made, but also there are some changes that need to be made in your life. That's the first group. The next group is for those of you who that was your story, or that is your story, is that your dad is in your life, but he's not in your life. 
He didn't lead well. And some of you know that you're not okay. And you need to release this. You need to release it. You need to forgive him. You refer him, refer to him maybe as your sperm donor or worse. Or some of you, you, you have other things going on in your life and you're, you're acting out in other ways. And it can be because you have not forgiven your father. And your heavenly father, who is the perfect father, has so much more for you. So much more for you. But the only way that you can access that is you have to forgive. You have to let that go. So I want to pray. I want to pray. Matter of fact, I'm going to ask you all to do something else. Is if one of those groups were you, and I know this is big, but I'm going to ask it anyway. If one of those groups were you where maybe you're a dad who's saying, man, I, things are good, but I want to be better. Or there are things that I've done that I want to change. Or if you're the third group where you're saying, I've been hurt. I'm, I'm still in pain. Whenever I think about my dad, I get, I get welled up inside. If any of those groups are you, I want you to be bold. Because I want to pray a prayer over you so that you can have freedom. So you can begin to live differently. So you can begin to walk differently. So that you can have a whole different experience. So you can have a different access. So if that's you and you're bold enough, would you stand and would you come to the altar so I can pray for you? Would you stand and come to the altar so I can pray for you? Come on, come forward, come forward. Yep. This, and you know what? I'm saying, this may even be, this may even be, I know this is Father's Day, but this may be, maybe a mom has been those same things in your life. And you're still bound up, right? You're still swelled up. You still don't know, man, why do I feel like this? Why do I have this pain? And the Lord is saying, give it to me and I'll show you. I'm going to wait one more minute. I know we're a little bit over, but I, I feel like, man, the Lord's been pressing this on my heart that this is, this is important. This is the why. Let me extend this. Let me extend this, and then I'm going to pray for you. Let me extend this as well. Is that Some of you may be here, and you feel in all of this, but your, your mom and your dad has passed on, is dead you still may need forgiveness. Even though they're not there, you still may be harboring something. So if that's you, I also want you to come forward, right? I want you to come forward. And we're going to pray. One thing that I, I stated is one of the main things we should ask for is wisdom. 
right? It's wisdom. And men and women alike is, I would encourage you to connect with someone who is further ahead than you. Whether it's here at church, getting plugged into men's ministry, so that they can potentially help you through this process. But here's what, here's what I, want, I want to ask you to, to release, is if you've been hurt by your dad and you haven't forgiven them, as hard as it is, you have to forgive them because if you don't, you're blocking what God wants to do in and through you. But here's the other thing is, if you forgive them, you have taken the responsibility from them to fix and heal you. If you have unforgiveness, what you're saying is that you're still waiting for them to heal you. You're still waiting for them to fix you. And God is saying, I want want to fix you. I got you. But you just got to give, you got to give it to me. You You have to give it all to me. This truly can be a whole a whole new life for you. A whole new life for you. So I want to pray for you. I don't want to continue going, but I want to pray for you. And this may be a continual process of you continuing to, to ask for forgiveness. And here's what, I'm, I'm going to say this last thing and I'll close, I promise. Here's, here's what forgiveness is not. What forgiveness is not is saying, once you forgive them, now everything they did is okay. That is not what forgiveness is. What forgiveness says is, I am no longer going to allow allow you to control me. I'm not going to hold you responsible. Jesus, take it away, and Lord, fix me and heal me. Amen? Amen. Let me pray. Let me pray. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, your word says that all things work together for the good of those who love you, and those who are called according to your purpose, Lord. Lord, the relationship that some of us have had or some of us didn't have with our dads is not good. And Lord Jesus, it's been a year, two, five, 10, 15, 20, 30, however long it's been, Lord, there's still pain, there's still hurt. But Lord Jesus, we know that You can take the pain away. Lord Jesus, I pray for these men. I pray for these women. Lord, I pray first for the dads who may be saying, man, I want a fresh start. Maybe they feel disqualified. You are the equalizer, Jesus. And Lord Jesus, I pray for wisdom. I pray for discernment. I pray for humility, Lord, that they would go to their children and they would ask for forgiveness. They wouldn't make an excuse. They would ask for forgiveness, and they would not expect anything in return other than the obedience to you, Lord. Lord, I pray that for the fathers or the mothers. But, Lord, I pray for the other group. I pray for the group who they've been hurt. They have pain. Their story is similar to the story that I had, that I knew him. But there was no relationship. There was nothing. And they have harbored hurt. They were abandoned. They were hurt physically, emotionally, psychologically, Lord Jesus. And they are still carrying that, Lord Jesus. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, I pray that they would release it. 
I pray that they would give it to you, Lord. Lord, I pray that even if they don't understand what is that going to do, Lord, I pray that they would trust you right now, Lord. So, Lord Jesus, I pray that you would touch them, touch their body, touch their minds, touch their hearts, Lord Jesus, and allow them to release it all to you. And, Lord, I pray from this day forward, Lord, I pray that they would feel a weight released from their life, Lord, that they would not put the response, their responsibility for their dad or their mom that has hurt them will no longer be their responsibility. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray that the responsibility will be now placed on you, our amazing Heavenly Father, to give them what they should have received from their earthly parents. Lord Jesus, I thank you. I thank you that you are available to us 24-7, 365, Lord. And Lord Jesus, I pray that you would continue to work in and through the hearts of these men and these women, Lord Jesus. Lord, I'm sorry for the hurt. I'm sorry for the pain. But your word says that anyone who is in Christ is a new creature. The old is gone. Behold, all things have become new. So Lord, I pray from this day forward, Lord, that they would continue to look forward. They would continue to look ahead, Lord. And the only way, the only time that they will look back is to remember what happened and when you release them of it and how to help others through it. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity to connect with my brothers and sisters. Bless them as they go. Bless them as they go. Heal them as they go. Restore them as they go. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Amen.